Hi, Nipi. Hi, Nipi. Hi, Nipi. What's your name? He's in Kishina. He needs to give you a name. Hi, Nipi. Hi, Nipi. Hi, Nipi. Hi, Nipi. Hi, Nipi. Hi, Nipi. Hi, Good morning and greetings from the land of 11 nations, or as everyone else calls it, Wisconsin. I am doing fantastic this morning, and I sincerely hope all of you are doing as well. What well, was so much going on in the world today, I just thought that maybe we could spend a couple of minutes together and just focus on what's going on in our little part of it and see if we can't make sense of some of that. To each and every one of you who spends some of your valuable time listening to this podcast every week, a sincere and heartfelt thank you. Time being the most precious commodity our Creator has bestowed upon all of us, I truly appreciate you deciding to spend some of yours with me. If you'd like to get in touch with me and offer some constructive criticism, point me in the direction of a story, offer a counterpoint to something I've said, or just wish to tell me I stink, ring me up if you have my number. I'm in my office almost 24 hours a day, and if we don't connect, leave a message, and I'll get right back to you. I'm pretty good about that. If you don't have my number, fear not. We have many, many ways of getting in contact with one another. The second easiest way to get in touch with is my Gmail account, moneycucksick at gmail.com. That's M-A-N-I-K-A-K-S-I-K at gmail.com. I'm really good at getting back to people and answering rather quickly, so fire an email off today and let's get to conversating. After that, there is the Chipotle Facebook page. I check in on this several times a day if I uh, post, so leave a comment or just an emoji. Let me know you're out there and please participate. After that, we have Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. We have plenty of vehicles to get in touch and share our thoughts and opinions, so Let's do it. Let's get in touch and yak about stuff that you think is important for the nation to move forward. The election board has certified the candidates for the upcoming primary and, well, to be truthful, I'm supremely disappointed. With all the shenanigans our government has been playing on us, I thought for sure we would have a larger pool of candidates to choose from. Now, our choices for president are rather large. Eleven candidates have queued up for the primary. They are, in alphabetical order, Ryan John Crane Sr., Rita Gardner, Conroy Greender Jr., Hinu Helgeson Smith, Robert Mann, Michael Rave, George Stacy, Robert Two Bears, Lynette Walker, and the incumbent Marlon White Eagle. Johnny Greender has announced that he will be pursuing the candidacy as a write-in candidate, so his name will obviously not be on the ballot, so be sure... If you're voting for the right-in candidate, spell the name correctly. I've seen some presidential uh, campaign literature out already, and once again, I am hugely disappointed. We have some major problems within the Ho-Chunk Nation, problems that need to be confronted and dealt with. But the campaign literature is just inane tripe, meant to announce and not offend. And maybe that's on me, but I was kind of hoping for more. Well, one of the things that truly offend me is a candidate or two has publicly stated, not in their uh, literature, but to the side, to people, that they simply threw their name in the ring 
If they win, eh, we win. And if they lose, hey, I really didn't care. Now, this attitude is garbage, not only for the presidency, but if you're doing this for as a legislative seat. People are putting thought and effort into running for president, and you're just going to do it on a whim. The leader of our nation has some serious problems in front of them, requires serious thought and sincere effort. This flippant attitude is horrible. If you aren't serious about leading our nation, you shouldn't be running. People, you are running for the presidency of the Ho-Chunk Nation, a sovereign nation. You'll be representing 7,800 people directly. The decisions you make as president will have a direct bearing on all our lives. Your dreams and plans for the Ho-Chunk Nation will set the direction and, and agenda for all of us for years to come. Personally, and this is just me, I don't want Deputy Droop along as my president. I want to see Sheriff Ricochet Rabbit. I want to see passion, energy. I want to hear how you've been working for years to bring your personal dreams and ideas to life. Show us how. You've been building your plans, your dreams. Show us the steps you've taken, your education, your successes, your failures. Your failures, which are important to you and all of us. Show us what you've learned from these setbacks. How did you get back on your feet and relaunch? And from all these experiences and connections you've built and created, share with, us, share with us how you'll bring all this knowledge and all this experience to the office of the president. I don't see any real passion in these ads. All I see is, well, if I win, cool. If not, oh well. Now, this is the attitude that people who are running are displaying in my eyes. And look, I understand we are not really the people of the big voice when it comes to politics. We are the people of consensus. No one likes to stick their necks out for fear of getting their heads chopped off. And this is why so much of our government work is done in secrecy. This is why government transparency is only aped and not really sought after. We have no real zeal to actually make our government transparency a real thing, which is a shame. Every other government body in the larger society has to be open, legally, about everything it does, just not ours. Personally, what I would like to see in these campaign ads, I'd like to see what exactly are your plans for the nation, how you plan to make your dreams and ideas, how you plan to make them happen. Are you an advocate of separation of government and business? If you are, how do you plan to enact the change? Are you someone who wants to cut casino budgets deep into the bone and squeeze out every last cent in an effort to fund all the legislature's programs? Are you someone who looks at the Beloit Casino as a waste of time, money, and effort? Are you someone who looks at the limitations of yourself as a legis as a president and realize that there is a huge world out there consisting of businessmen and women who work 24 hours a day trying to make and keep businesses operating successful that you know nothing about? Do you wake up and realize that if only you release your grip on business and cede it to professionals, a great world lies before you from a financial view? You wouldn't have to make draconian cuts and repeatedly fire ho-chunks because people would be working 
to strictly make money, and you could fund your programs and even more. Have you even looked at other indigenous nations where this separation of business and government has been done successfully? Are you an advocate of limiting the power of, le of the legislature? If you are, how do you plan to enact the change? Are you an advocate of the general counsel? If you are, how and what will you do to reestablish the integrity of the institution after the destruction wrought by the legislature's legislation and inaction? Are you an advocate of open and transparent government? If you are, what are your plans to force open all facets of our government now shrouded in secrecy? Are you an advocate of elected officials adhering to their oath of office? We have so many people elected who say they want to, quote-unquote, help their people. But once they're elected, they are suddenly members of the bureaucracy and not advocates of their people. What would you do to make sure elected, appointed, and bureaucratic peoples toe the line? Now, this is just low-hanging fruit. Questions that our presidential candidates should be presenting to us in their campaign literature, and we shouldn't have to ask them. Perhaps in the days and ahead, they will spread their message and vision. These people are running for the president of the Ho-Chunk Nation, a constituency that basically is spread out across the entire world. Man, talk about hubris. Anyways, I look forward in the coming days and weeks to learning more about all of these candidates and hearing about their plans and dreams for the nation. Now let's take a look, see at the legislative primaries. District 1, C2, we have four candidates. Amanda DeCora, Ashley Gerdes, I hope I pronounced that correctly, Ian Keatley Littlejohn, and Rodney Rave. C2, District 1, we have five candidates. Samantha Day, Robert Funmaker Jr., Timothy Campbell, Heath Littlejohn, and Gabrielle Rave. District 3, seat 1, running unopposed is the incumbent Sarah Lemieux. District 3, seat 2, running un unopposed is the incumbent Darren Brinegar. District 4, seat 2, running unopposed is the incumbent Paul Fox. Now, I recently heard that Sarissa Rickman um, of District 3 has won her challenge and will be on the ballot. Um, I asked around, but I don't know what seat she'll be running for or who she'll be running against. Now, with the legislative candidates running unopposed, there's no reason for them to run ads. Apparently, everyone is happy with their work, and running against these strong legislative incumbents would be a fool's errand. In all honesty, there were a couple of people going to run against District 3 incumbents, but paperwork snafus cost them an opportunity to get on the ballot. Now, running as a write-in candidate is a long shot, but still a possibility for some people. So, if you look around and see that your legislator is running unopposed, perhaps you could get together with one or two members of your family and take a good, hard, long look at running as a write-in. I've said it numerous times, and I'll, re and I'll keep repeating it until I join the choir invisible. We need as many people as we can to participate in our government operation. We need as many different voices as possible raised to question and operate our nation's various functions. I have yet to see any ads or hear from any legislative candidates about what their goals are once they are elected. But I have a couple of thoughts right off the bat. I'd like to see each and every candidate sign on to these, and if they are opposed, explain why. Government transparency. 
I'd like to see a sunset clause on executive session. I'll be kind and say 60 days after an executive session has occurred, the entire session has to be printed in the Woduck under the title Executive Session from such and such, such and such, such and such a date. I'd like to see what's discussed and all the votes in executive session made public. Part two of government transparency would be the legislature's budget. The legislature can, can produce a document annually that shows how much they've spent, including salaries per diem, mileage, how much for lawyers, how much for lobbyists. And then they can produce a quarterly statement. That way, we'll know exactly what money's being spent and where it's being spent. The separation of business and government. We all know that eventually this has to happen for our nation to grow and reach its full potential. But we need professionals who know how to operate businesses. We need individuals who have gone to school, trained in business, or have years of experience in said business to operate and exploit opportunities for the betterment of the Ho-Chunk Nation. We cannot rely on individuals, no matter how well-intentioned, to take on tasks that they are obviously unprepared for. I'd like to see the reestablishment, the, the validity, validity, easy for me to say, reestablish the validity of general counsel. One of the reasons everyone has the same general malaise towards our general counsel is because of the sabotage that our legislature has done to it. Our legislature is the direct voice. Our general counsel is the direct voice of the people. It is supposed to be sacred. When we get together on those days, we are conducting business that will move our nation forward. Instead, it has become a paycheck, a reason to visit relatives, and an opportunity to launch presidents. Heck, to show how much disrespect general counsel, we can't even be bothered to make quorum anymore. One of the biggest threats to our general counsel is the legislature themselves. When general counsel passes a resolution, we will, we've given the responsibility to our legislature to make this happen. But what happens? Nothing. And there is no enforcement mechanism to make our resolutions a law. On top of not carrying out their oath of office, the legislature goes and then creates legislation to usurp the independence of the general counsel. I would like to see our legislative candidates address this issue. What will you do with the huge backlog of resolutions? Will you repeal the Office of General Counsel legislation? The last thing of note is reorganizing our legislature to be part-time. I have offered numerous examples of larger cities, counties, and states who operate with less days and hours, and they do it a whole lot cheaper. If you wish to represent us, show us how we can do more for less. In the same vein, 13 legislatures is simply way too many. We have to seriously take a look at this at some time in the near future. There are other things, of course, but I think we we can all get our if we can all get our legislative candidates to address these issues, we have a start. So I look forward to seeing campaign ads addressing these issues, and I look forward to candidates using social media addressing these issues in a longer and more informative manner. Finally, we have our judiciary. 
all running unopposed. Supreme Court Associate Justice is David J. W. Klaus, Trial Court Chief Judge Jodine Lowe, Trial Court Associate Judge Wendy Hewling, Trial Court Associate Judge Michelle Greendeer-Rave. A final thought concerning candidates of all elected offices. How truly committed are you to effecting change? On the television show Reservation Dogs, the spirit William Knifeman asked his charge, We were willing to give our life for our people. What are you willing to give? Now, I'm not asking anyone to give up their lives, but I am interested in what are you willing to give up to represent your people? Are you willing to give up that $80,000 a year paycheck to do the right thing for your people? Or once you've been elected, you will just fold seamlessly into the bureaucracy and collect that Judah? Are you willing to stand against the way we've always done things and let your people know what is going on in our government? Are you willing to risk being ostracized by your fellow legislators to move the nation forward in an open and transparent manner? Being a leader takes monumental strength sometimes. Standing alone in the darkness, being abused by friend and foe alike. Let us know if this is who you are, and then show us. The biggest thing in our election, in my mind, is participation. We have absolutely no excuse not to participate. Absentee ballots are available. The information is available at every branch office. The election board has a website along with our Facebook site, with their Facebook site. The information is spread all over the Wodak, and you even have the dulcet tones of the hosts of the Chipotle podcast sharing the election board information. And I know you all got off your shinch and voted in the larger society's election. So I know good and well you can all vote in the Ho-Chunk Nation's election. On absentee voting, I'm going to read the rules verbatim. That means word for word for my sister in Tuscaloosa. Absentee voting. A voter may vote vote absentee ballot, provided the election board receives the absentee ballot request in writing no later than Saturday, February 25th, 2023 by 4.30 p.m. Requests must include the eligible voter's name printed or typed with a signature, the physical address where the ballot will be delivered. Uh, We use UPS Next Day Air. UPS Next Day Air will not deliver to a P.O. box, though. Daytime phone number and enrollment number. Absentee ballots must be received before 7 p.m. on Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. Absentee ballots may may be returned by overnight mail so they may be received at the election board office or the polling places prior to the polls on election day. Note that FedEx and UPS next day air does not deliver in Black River Falls on Saturdays. Bottom line is, don't wait to the last second to get these ballots requested and then mailed back in. We have, what, 5,500 Ho-Chunks available to vote? Let's do everything in our power to hit that number with full participation. This is your sovereign nation. It only really works when all of us participate. Despite my misgivings and the number of people running for office with write-ins and full participation from the electorate, we'll get the government that we vote for. Oh yeah, 
Can we get rid of those English I voted stickers? I want something that says I voted. Yeah, but I want it in Ho-Chunk. One of the things I whine about is the lack of social media content in Ho-Chunk country. Now, don't get me wrong, the Ho-Chunk language department is doing yeoman's work, putting things out there. We got uh, Wakanjiriga with his Hoite videos, which I enjoy very much. I tend to learn a little Ho-Chunk while enjoying the presentation. Nothing wrong with that. Then we have Warak Wednesday where Lisa Cabosas reads a children's book translated from English to Ho-Chunk. I always watch. I usually know the vocabulary, but it's the pronunciation and me listening to Ho-Chunk that helps. I know it's children's stuff. I don't care. I need all the help I can get, and nobody down here speaks Ho-Chunk. Finally, there are the eminent speakers on Ho-Chunk Academy Live. I can never watch it live because of work, but I watch the videos when I get home. I don't watch the videos as much as I should, but even though it's a video and no one can see me, I still get frustrated and intimidated and a little embarrassed. Nachke and the eminent speakers do a fantastic job of presenting Ho-Chunk to people like me who don't speak Ho-Chunk. First off, I want to commend the language department for all the work that they are doing for us. I know we, the Ho-Chunk nation as a whole, have a dismal record for language preservation. But that's on us, the individual Ho-Chunks. Now hear me out. I know there are fluent speakers out there passing on the language to their family. But, as I've said before, there are quite a few of us who don't live near these fluent speakers. So we have to do the best we can. Question. What happens if a big language company or the government decides tomorrow to come in and swoop up our language department for a huge indigenous language project? It could happen. Well, what happens then? In a nutshell, we're screwed. We have content. We have teachers. Huachade, Wakanjagiriga, Nachke, Lisa Kabosas, and our eminent speakers. But if we lose these people, there's no one left to drive us forward. If you step back and look at the state of our language now, this is already happening. We have content, but there is little hardcore interest in learning the language, except in a couple of areas, culturally and geographically. Why is this? I have a question. Amongst our Ho-Chunk people, what is the second most common spoken language? Could it be Spanish? I have no numbers to back this up, but anecdotally, if we broke this down and did the numbers, how far off would I be? English and Spanish are dominant languages in the larger society. They are taught at birth. They are taught in school, both primary and secondary languages. They dominate television and radio. I'll go so far as to say that, that we tell our children that we have to speak Spanish to operate in the world when they grow up. Is this our fault? Doesn't matter. We have to take the bull by the horns and change the narrative. What I'm trying to do is motivate the individual Ho-Chunks and myself to begin recording and producing audio and video of original Ho-Chunk content. Here's an example of how this works. Excuse me if I get this wrong, but I'm ignorantly trying to make a point. When hip-hop music first started, it was a street medium from the Bronx, New York. 
It was quite successful because it represented a culture. And you didn't need to spend years learning a musical instrument. The culture consisted of four main elements. Miking, DJing, graffiti, and breakdancing. Now, if your brain could develop schemes, rhymes, and a beat, and be socially relevant, you could slay. Quickly, individuals saw that with just a baseline of equipment, mixers, mics, turntables, and a computer, and suddenly you could take your work, record, and mix it, and bang, you were off. You were a studio. Suddenly, you have a major proliferation of hip-hop music flooding the market because everyone could and did become involved. People were teaching each other on the use and capabilities of different types of equipment. It really was crowdsourcing. To say this misses the finer points of what really happened is a gross misunderstatement, gross understatement of gargantuan proportions. My point is, children and young people saw what could be done with just a modicum of technology, drive, and imagination. My point exactly is that with our language, culture, and technology, we could create that same success within our nation. We have a language department that is creating content, but without us fully participating, it's wasted effort and almost useless. Time and time again, I hear our language instructors say that all these lessons go to waste if we don't speak the language every day. If we are to perpetuate our language, we, the individual Ho-Chunk people, have to take the technology available to us and begin to create content in Ho-Chunk that is enjoyable to watch and listen to every day. This is just one idea, okay? Our language is more bound and that's bad. We as a people are so spread out, it's hard to retain who we are as a people and our language. So we all have to create a common medium that we can all participate and learn from. So we have to do something that motivates all of us to change. Something that motivates all of us to speak Ho-Chunk. No, 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 hell no. It's not offering money. But that's one idea. I mean, I wonder if I apply for a grant and if some government or private agency would float us a couple of million dollars. We grab some Ho-Chunks, offer them a hundred grand a year for two years to learn Ho-Chunk. After two years, they take a written oral exam. If they fail, they have to give the money back. Not a bad idea. $1,900 a week to learn Ho-Chunk. Personally, I'd be all over that. Okay, great dream. Not going to happen, though. So what's your idea, Einstein? Simple. We have to find a way for all of us to make audio and videos of all of us using Ho-Chunk in everyday life. When we are all one people, when we were all one people living in villages, large and small, Ho-Chunk was the only language available. We spoke to our children, we corrected each other, we laughed at our mistakes, and we spoke Ho-Chunk. Now, we all live all over the U.S. We speak English and Spanish first and second. How do we change that? How about this? How about we all document our everyday lives in Ho-Chunk? We use our phones and we post videos of us doing everyday things and only speak Ho-Chunk. There are a couple of Ho-Chunks who post videos of them doing exactly that, just everyday life. For the life of me, I can't remember their names and I'm really embarrassed about this. And that really bothers the heck out of me. I used to watch these videos repeatedly. They were good, entertaining. 
I forgot their names, and now I can't find their videos. Crowdsourcing. We are a nation of 7,800 individuals, and darn near all of us own a smartphone, iPad, or computer. And there is nothing stopping us from sharing different ideas and presenting them to each other in a crazy and educational manner. We've pretty much granted our language department license to use our language in the public sphere in an effort to teach us our language. So nobody should have a problem with us putting our language out into the public. Okay, let me wrap this up. Everybody, start documenting everyday activities in Ho-Chunk. Conversations, phone calls, exercising, waiting for the car to heat up, cooking, washing clothes, playing cards, basketball, reading a book, setting a table, anything. Record the conversation instructions in Ho-Chunk and post it. Let's all get this going. Create two or three minute plays or sitcoms and post those. Use TikTok, Instagram Reels, YouTube, Facebook, anything. Let's just use our language. Create original content and share it with one another. In the end, this is just another tool and exercise for us to save our language and also have a little fun. On the way out the door, I wanted to address a couple of things. Number one is I want to offer congratulations to the legislature from the 4th District, Daniel DeLong, for completing courses on government from the University of Minnesota, Duluth. I've been badgering representative and candidates to get accreditation in uh, government services for a long, long time. Well, Danielle has done so. Kudos. Congratulations. Uh, I just got finished watching a campaign video put out by Rita Gardner, um, way behind it. I guess she put it out a month ago or so. Um, and I spent a couple minutes reading her campaign literature. I want to say thank you for Rita Gardner for running for president and kudos for using technology uh, to get your message out to the public. It was informative and interesting, so thank you for that. I also want to point out that on Monday, February 27th, a Ho-Chunk Nation's Candidate Forum event is being hosted by Tracy Littlejohn and Hinuk Wasaja in La Crosse. I have to get in contact with these people and see if they will be going live on Facebook or some other venue. As because of work, I won't be able to get out there. And in the future, I will be scouring Facebook to find other, can the other candidates' uh, campaign videos. And if you know some, please forward the information so that I can address them. And good luck to all of the candidates who are running for elected office. <laughs>